I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. This is Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. It's not the weekend podcast. Through the auspices <laughs> of Absolute Radio. With Frank Skinner, Alan Cochran, and Kerry Godleman. Sorry, we have to make do and mend. I yeah. love you that. Can't, I, can't, I can't just get a jingle out for one oh, appearance. I love that. It is. Do you recognise it? No. It's the opening of those magnificent men in their flying machines. Oh, brilliant. It's mm. sort of a catch-all, isn't it, for uh, sound effects here? It just sits upbeat, it's, is it what it is. It makes me feel very happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those... Um, it's a bit like Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. It's kind of, it, it, I find it uplifting. <laughs> do you? Yeah. I used to listen to that before I went on stage. Oh, really? And I it's used to get my used to get my adrenaline pumping. Mm-hmm. And also uh, George Formby's um, "If Women Like Them Like Men Like Those, Why Don't Women Like Me." You listened to that before going on mm. to get you in the zone. Yeah, yeah. Get me in the British comedy zone. <laughs> so, um, oh, there's a little moment there where um, Alan Cochran's microphone was actually turned up mid-show. Is that right? You must have started a bit quiet. Am I being too quiet? Just trying to remember if you said anything funny earlier. I must have missed. (laughs) We're all right. I'll try and lead you back in. We'll be safe. We'll be safe on that. I'll I'll try and go back there. Yes. Magnificent men in their flying machines. Sort of a catch-all. That was all I said. I didn't really say anything. (laughs) Just just trying to to be fair. But now my performance adrenaline is up. Oh, my God. Yeah, well... um, Now I'll probably be at, like, volume 19. Well, I'll tell you what you are. Where are you at the moment? 18. 18, 18 at the yeah. moment. Well, 19 is Well, that's my actual technical beat. volume, but my personal internal comedy adrenaline volumes, oh, it's gone off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, um, hold on to your seats, yeah. is what I say to anyone listening. Um, OK, now, um, Kerry is, uh, was with us on the show on Saturday and is mm-hmm. here today. And Kerry, I think um, I'm going to give you the... Uh, this is a bit like the first pitch at the World Series. <laughs> you know, in the World Series of Baseball, they bring out a luminary uh-huh. to uh, to throw the first pitch. So Have I you think... been that luminary at times? Or no, I've, I've never been. I've, I've been at a few major baseball games, uh-huh. but I've never actually... I have played baseball at the Philadelphia... Yeah, um, I think you told us this story on mm. the show a little while ago. I'm it just, was, it was just a, reminded. It was a veritable name drop feast, oh, wasn't it? Was, it? I went to the name drop scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go there again. No, it was great. I'll just say Cheetah Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any musicals enthusiasts listening. So, and I hope there is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we, we've had emails from the outside world, which I always find uh, exciting because um, we're in the basement studio and mm-hmm. we don't even see sunlight. Mm. So a voice from outside is a bit like... You know when the Chilean miners realised there was hope? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. When we get an email, it's like that. It is. Oh. So, Kerry. Yes, I have an email. Uh, uh, this is um, from Steve Cook, and he says that... Cookie. 
Oh, do you know him? Cool, no. cool. <laughs> I bet he's now. He's oh, got to be now. Steve-O. Um, <coughs> he says that he's been living in Sweden for a few years okay. and he had to change. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> can build Ridiculously up. expensive. And Time's he's had top. to change his driving licence to a Swedish one. Mm. And he said yesterday his new licence came and he's now qualified to drive anything with an engine. And wow. I don't know, anything. And he's now thinking about... Um, Space flight? <laughs> it doesn't specify not. What? Surely that's Shocking. flying, not driving, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a technicality. You can do small cars, articulated lorries, even buses, and massive trailers, he says. I don't know if that's a technical term. I, and I thought you had to do, like, years of special not practice. Not in Sweden. I think you do here. <laughs> so he's saying, should he drive a truck now, take it for a spin, just because he can? Definitely. Well, you could, <laughs> you would, it, could you hire a truck? You could hire a truck, could you? Because one says things that says truck hire. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that solved in a in but a, isn't in a, it a weird anomaly that Sweden, a country we associate with almost boredom levels of safety, yeah, have, I wonder what have the given out are. a license for anything. But maybe they don't have any record of people, you know, doing like spinnies oh, yeah, yeah. in an articulated lorry. What do you really they want? Can. Is a country with a reputation for safety giving an unlicensed. Uh, HGV driver, a heavy goods vehicle, and ideally, if you could throw in extreme cold weather, that would be perfect. But absolutely <laughs> perfect. And a rock family. Out a village. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, I, I wouldn't mind having a go on one of those big. I yeah. like that. would be fun. Th- that just be in the seat of anything that goes. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. Quite a few of my seats do that anyway. But it's a different <laughs> well, story. I don't even want to. Different uh, story. But I read this email, and um, there's a bit where Cookie says, uh, <laughs> "What does he say about the show?" He uh, about the show. Yeah, good, show good show. Bye. Good show. Bye. Good, see, good show. This is why I don't read reviews. Yes. <laughs> because I read that, and a lot of people think, "Oh, that's nice. Good show." I thought, "Oh, good." Show. Yeah. Not very good. Sending you into a tailspin. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. top end by any <laughs> means, but you know, good. I'm not saying it's not good. That's definitely three stars, isn't it? That but, yeah. but weirdly, the other side of that is when people put "love the show." I always just assume that it's just a phrase that people are signing yeah. off an email with, yeah, so you don't even get to butter your bread. So you just uh, yeah, they might write that to someone on Magic FM. Indeed, <laughs> indeed, they might. Yeah, it's in the same bracket as your sincerely good show. Yes. Mm. On the subject of licences, though, when I uh, on when I used to temp and do like labouring and stuff like that, they uh, they always used to talk about um, forklift truck drivers. If you you get your fork tri- forklift truck licence, you'll never be out of work. Yeah. Oh really? Loads of work. Did Loads you get of work. it? No. No. <laughs> no. I was never cut out for manual labour. They're quite but, dangerous, uh, the old forklift trucks. I remember we were shown a, when I used to work in a factory. We were shown a safety uh, film. Actually, on a film, on all those films. And in it, a man drives a forklift truck into another man, and the fork goes through the man's chest. Simulated, but it was quite gory. Sounds awful. It wasn't a film, just a comedy, just a sort of... Not a comedy, it was a safety film, yeah. If he'd had a pallet on, the man would have been just bruised, but as it was, he was pierced by the... Put me off. I was yeah. also told if you were a good forklift truck driver on site, you'd never buy your own drinks. If you can get a pallet right where people want them, oh, that's a very oh, prized I can, asset. I, I, I love these um, words of wisdom about uh, industry. It is, isn't it? It's, See, with us, it was an HGV licence. If you got an HGV licence, you're made. And blokes used to join the army for three years. 
to get an HGV wow. license. Right. With women, I think it's Pittman typing certificate. See, that's gone as well, isn't it? Yeah, there was a time where it was like, if you can type, you'll uh-huh. never be out of work. If you can do shorthand... Yeah. Typing in shorthand. Yeah, yeah, but is that true anymore now? No. Nowadays? Now you may be interested to know that Pittman, uh, that shorthand thing, appears in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? Because when he's at the castle... Um, um, John Harker as the prisoner of the count mm-hmm. he decides that a clever thing to try would be to write a letter to his girlfriend in shorthand so uh, Dracula can't read it and Dracula really? said something like I discovered this he shows him the letter and he says this abomination it's a terrible uh, put down for shorthand which a lot of yeah. people have been glad of over the years I didn't know shorthand existed in Dracula times well there you go how far Gosh. back are we going? When's Dracula? Is well, Bra- it Bram Stoker was. Bram Stoker was. Bram Stoker was. Yeah, exactly. He's still in. I think he's still in prison. <laughs> uh, Bram Stoker, I'd say, was uh, turn of the century. Mm. Oh, and shorthand was up and running, was it? Well, it mates, it's in the book. I think he right. he might even use the word Pittman. Gosh. Well, there you go. Who'd have thunk it? If I'm wrong, the uh, emails have come flooding in. <laughs> oh, God, which will be all right though. I mean, it's oh. one of the one of the fun things to do is to get something slightly wrong on on this, isn't it? Oh, like, yeah, like you did it on purpose. <laughs> it lights up the switchboard. <laughs> no, like, tell me, Pitman Shorthand is in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Fact. Factoid. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, right in the afternoon. <laughs> on the uh, on the subject of facts, uh, another email. Um, hello to. Uh, Mr. Radio, the Cockerel, and the Gemily, who it's not, but that's not the point. I'm called occasionally Mr. Radio because sometimes I do this. Hello, Mr. Radio. <coughs> one of the most egomaniac <laughs> things one could do is bring a jingle in which one is known as Mr. Radio. When like one has Dr. a job Fox on the is, is actually taking me to court. <laughs> <laughs> I said he's Dr. Radio, he can't use Mr. anymore. Unless he becomes a surgeon. A proper doctor. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the email continues. Long time podcast listener here. Just wondered if the cockerel knew there's a small road in Lockwood in Huddersfield called Solid. Just one word. Fairly brilliant. I Yours li- gratefully. Seven six six. I like that. Yeah, I didn't know that. that I didn't. Brilliant. I know of the area Lockwood. I'm aware of it. Sam. So your address would be Solid. Yeah, Alan Cochran. Solid. <laughs> would be Solid Lockwood, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Solid Lockwood sounds like a 19th century politician. <laughs> Barnabas Solid Lockwood. Like Capability Brown. Ah, Solid Lockwood. I see your free trade bill has not gone through <laughs> Well, Disraeli is against me. I knew that. But there will be another time, Mr. Jackson. Well, will there? Solid, as you're called. <laughs> little moment there from uh, 19th century Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think if you have a gang and you're from there, they're called the Solid Crew? Oh, I hope uh, so. It's nearly, isn't it? I wonder, what about if you had a big street party there? You could rock solid. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God, it's all there, isn't it? Love it, love it. He goes on, doesn't he? He does carry on. Uh, P.S. Cheers, Frank, for being perhaps the only funny Catholic. <laughs> bit, bit hard on Anne Widdicombe. <laughs> Is she a Catholic? She became a Catholic as a sort of protest against women priests in the Anglican Church. Oh, so that she could speak up about how she was against it? Um, yeah, because she she thinks it's a bad thing. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, okay. I don't know if it's as bad as women politicians. <laughs> well, that's a disaster that hasn't panned out well, has it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, on her case. Well, I was in Belfast recently and someone was telling me that uh, they were told, uh, I don't know if this is a comedian's material or something, but anyway, I should perhaps have found that out. But this guy was saying, um, if you had a factory, you'd hire mostly Protestants to get the work done and then a few Catholics for the crack. <laughs> that was what he said. That was basically my role when I you worked get in a few factory. Catholics in for the crack and I really like that. Um, he's also added a PPS. Oh. A PPS, a problem has arisen because whenever I laugh at one of the gang's stories or a decent pun on my iPod, around three people turn around on the bus and seem unsettled by seemingly unprovoked and probably quite disconcerting giggles, so cheers. Well, I'm having a similar experience at the moment from going... <gasps> <laughs> from the Dracula. To Dracula, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what podcast are you listening to? <laughs> yeah, and occasionally, I mean, without even knowing it, going... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that people don't like that on the bus. I know what he means, though. I listen to some podcasts on dog walks in in the woods, and occasionally I'll just guffaw and then realise that there was someone in in the field behind me, and and they'll be thinking, "Why is that guy laughing?" Out yeah, loud? you think people think you're troubled. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Do you think I, we'll get to a stage where people won't question these things? Like because before, with a hands free, you'd see oh, someone yeah. and it looked like they were talking to themselves. Yeah. But now you think, "Oh, well, they're talking on the phone." Well, I I was uh-huh. once um, I was on a hands free talking to someone, and um, a mad bloke stopped me and said, "Excuse me, this is my patch," <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Then no, no, I'm on a hands free," and he said, "Oh, sorry about." That. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a, a terrible misunderstanding. Yes, yeah, I think he wore between twenty-five and forty badges. <laughs> <laughs> That's the standard. Yeah. I think any more than four is uh, at, at least antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a further PPS. He's gone crazy. He's, well, he's gone PPS and then a further PPS. So I think there should be PP. He just needs P- to use yeah. punctuation. I think he's missed one. <laughs> I think he needs AXA PPP health insurance. And the final one is uh, wake the silver dusk returning up the breach of darkness brims and the ship of sunrise burning strands upon the eastern rims. <laughs> oh, no. He's sneaked in some A.E. Houseman. He has. Oh. In case you're a new listener, um, there is a, uh, a rule on Absolute Radio, that uh, the first reference of uh, A.E. Houseman in any broadcast is that you must sound the warning alarm. You do wonder about new listeners and how baffled they must feel. (laughs) Well, I think people just... It's like when you watch um, David Letterman Uh and he says things like, uh, OK, this week's top ten. Ten good reasons for not dating Janine Harris. (laughs) And then people laugh. And then he says, I'm washing my slightly long hair. And they laugh and applaud. I just laugh with it. Uh-huh. You just go along with it. Yeah, I don't need to know who these people are or what's funny about them. Just trust him. Isn't there an inbuilt <laughs> joke in that, that the second to the top is always the best and the first, the one that the actual top one is actually a bit rubbish? Is that right? I think there is, yeah. See? See, I didn't know that, but I still enjoyed the show. Yeah, well, You don't have good, to get every in it's moment. Good. No. You can do it. Mm. Well, that was anyway. That's a great um, one of the great emails. Oh, it's, uh, it's had a bit of everything. It's got too many p p p p p s s. It had uh, what did it have? Poetry, local knowledge, sectarianism. He's ticked all your boxes. Yeah, no smiley faces. No, 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 no. 
No. Is he actually from the north, this guy? Uh, he's from Oldham. Sam oh, from Oldham, oh. which is sort of in between Manchester and There used to be a slightly uh, rude and physical joke in the 70s. You'd say to someone, do you know the way to Oldham? <laughs> and they'd say no, and then you'd hold them. Oh, right. But you couldn't get away with it oh, now. That's it's a shame that's gone. Out. So I know it was uh, it was right up there. <laughs> it would have been a weekly feature on Top Gear. Oh yeah. <laughs> if it had stand around, but no. Probably not far from it now, is it? And I think we have one more email, and then we uh, do. We have a. a it's, an, it's been an email fest this week. Hi, Frank and team. In your podcast from four. Frank and team. That's the book I'm going to read next. <laughs> <laughs> In your podcast from 14th of April, you said that Prince Harry would warrant a Molly King for his mother, uh, from his mother for misbehaving with a Saturday. I should I- explain to Kerry that Molly King is the girl from the Saturdays that Prince Harry was supposedly having a liaison oh, okay. with. So mm. Hence, he's going to get a Molly King. Right. From his, you right. See, there was, there was Got it. rhyming yeah, reason yeah, in yeah, mind. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I assume meaning a telling off. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, it was a... Yeah, yes. it was a rhyming I won't say pun, what else refer to it. It's yeah. a rhyming pun. Let's call it a rhyming pun. I like it. The expression mollocking, however, comes from Cold Comfort Farm and means something entirely different. Does it relates it? to Seth and his carryings on. I like carryings on. With various local maidens. I like local maidens <laughs> as well. And activity you can both. only carry on with a local maiden <laughs> once. Oh, yeah, and then she's no longer... A local maiden. Maidenhood is... Yeah. An activity both impossible and illegally distasteful for HRH. Why impossible? Um, I think we need to... Well, yes, I'll have another look. I have read Cold Comfort Farm. I must say, Cold Comfort Farm, I think I, I can happily say, is one of the finest books I've ever read. Do you think? Have you read it? I haven't, no. I love it. Honestly, I'd it's recommend funny, it. It's funny, isn't it? It's very funny. Very funny. Mm. I saw a bit of it on the telly over Christmas. I never saw the... Uh, Stella Gibbons, it's written by, which is also, of course, a, a massive, massive compliment for any zoo owner. Stella Gibbons. <laughs> Stella Gibbons? Where do you, you get those? <laughs> no, it is. It's really brilliant. There's a great bit in it where she says she goes to a party or something, and that moment which we've all seen, where people are really trying hard to, to look like they're enjoying themselves, oh. and you're not sure if they are enjoying mm. themselves. I, I don't know if you ever watched TFI Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she said that she'd, uh, she'd seen a, a Greek urn, and uh, people on it were sort of dancing, looking like they're having a good time. She said their limbs were like roughly pulled out of joint and stretched to try and look like they were having a great time, but clearly it was painful. And- I felt like that at Kaylee's. Yeah. Yeah, when you have... How is Kayleigh? She's all right. <laughs> she's doing well. But, you know, there was a phase where people would have a Kayleigh for a wedding. Yeah. Let's oh, yeah. go, Kayleigh. That fake joy for that amount of time, it's mm. painful on the back of the head. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 really I'm, I'm, I'm probably as bad at fake joy as I've ever been at this stage just, in my life. It just, you can't do it any. You know, there comes a point you're like, I'm not doing it, I'm not faking joy. No, let's all make a pledge now. <laughs> we'll never fake joy again. I'll definitely never go to a Kayleigh again. I just okay. can't sustain that go. amount of enthusiasm for <laughs> instructed dancing. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Now, uh, as you know about me already, Frank, I, I, I would guess I'm. I, I give off signals that I'm not that organised or that computer savvy. Would you? I think that's fair to say. Well, I can never quite. You're a. You're a 
contradictory man in so, in so many ways. <laughs> oh, really? I know how to cut and paste, but I don't know much more beyond that. You see, I always think of you as profoundly northern, in a kind of a no-nonsense, <laughs> see all, hear all, say out kind of way. And then one day you announced that you were in a TV drama, uh, a youth drama. Always and everyone. Yeah. Medical and, drama, uh, played uh, Jason the Asthmatic. <laughs> And you know what? Look I just carry. She's looking at me in a new light, like yeah. what? Yeah, I didn't. See Trained that actor Alan Cochran that wow. seemingly doesn't get any acting work anymore. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, I, let's, I, I, not, let's not dwell on my acting work bubble bursting. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that coming, but I did hear Jason the asthmatic coming. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear him two corridors away. <laughs> but was, so anyway, in role. But uh, I wondered if you'd seen the story about the uh, finance workers' spreadsheet of internet dating. Oh, yes. And it did a thing that I don't like, this phrase. It went viral, and I, I don't mm. like the phrase went viral because it reminds me of playing Jason the Asthmatic. And <laughs> no, I bet, I bet it does. Being in the hospital, they're germ-ridden places, aren't they? Um, but, yeah, he uh, he was doing a lot of uh, online dating. It reminds dating. me of uh, bursting a blackhead. You know when you burst a blackhead and it comes out? The, yeah. You get the yellow stuff, and it, if it's long enough, it twi- Oh, that's a go spiral. <laughs> you know, it'll actually... It'll like actually, it'll actually yeah, yeah, it yeah, it's a weird thing if you get a really deep one. <laughs> Kerry looks horrified at this. You can actually use it as a slinky. It'll go down a set a of stairs on its own. Not carpeted, it'll cling to a carpet, but a wooden stair, it'll go all the way. Oh, there goes my blackhead on its way down to the lowest story. <laughs> like having an egg timer or something. Oh. Um, it's like a phone lead. Oh, and if I have a real big one. You know, you know a phone lead? You don't, yeah, yeah. you don't seem in trouble. Anyway. Yeah, I get one on my neck that constantly returns. I've had since the 70s. <laughs> a blackhead? Yeah, well, the same blackhead in the same spot. And it just rolls down your back when you press no, it. No, but when, it? I, when I squeeze it, it, it comes out like a, like a phone lead. It comes out <laughs> coiled. That's how long. <laughs> I'm trying to leave. I, I think if I leave, left it for like five years, it would go all the way to the floor. I'd be earthed. By it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like um, it's like when you do an apple peel all in one go. It'd be very satisfying. Yeah, if you left it for five years and you were earthed, you could pretend that you were remote controlled somehow. Yeah, but the trouble is, if I left it for five years, we might be talking elephant man in appearance. Yeah. Because there's quite a mound that comes with it. It might become... What's that film where the bloke, it ends up having a separate personality to you? It becomes a fully sentient, Two independent heads. being. No, it's got Richard E. Grant in it. And he has a boil, and then the boil takes over. And oh, I like the sound fairly, of a fairly catty actor who didn't rate Richard E. Grant's work, and he called him Richard E. Can't. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I liked, you know. Mm, it was one of those actory moments where you yes. go, "Ooh, saucer of milk." Was this um, when you were Jason the Asthmatic? <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was when I was touring with the Shakespeare Company oh, called really? Northern Broadsides. Oh, I know them. What yes. um, what production were you? Uh, it was uh, I was like a, a minor roles in um, in a production of Twelfth Night, or what you will. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Indeed. See, again, we, again we talk my, about this story? My northern common sensicality has been blown you know to what? pieces. <laughs> <laughs> this story's uh, this guy that's been dating, and uh, and he, on one of the dates, told one of the dates, oh, I'm doing so much dating that I'm, I'm using a spreadsheet to remember the dates that I'm going on. <laughs> and the woman, the woman expressed an interest in it, and he went, I'll send you it. And then did, <laughs> with all of the details, including the other girl's contact details and stuff, I might add, mm. 
which you know. I don't think this is mistake. that bad. I don't think it's that bad because I think he sort of defended himself when it went viral. He went, "There's no malice in this. I no. wasn't being mean and about it." And he rate most of them quite highly. Not oh, only it? that, but he didn't. He didn't send it viral. No. He, he no. sent it as a moment of trust and an openness about his own exactly. self to this other woman, and yeah. she's the one who he was. Open and honest, yeah. she was indiscreet. Yeah, and I you know agree. what it was? He just thought, and this is how spreadsheet fans think. Like people that love spreadsheets love spreadsheets, mm. and <laughs> and it can creep up on a person, can't and it? And they forget that other people might Don't. value things like you know human emotions. <laughs> <laughs> and so he would have thought, oh well, she loves spreadsheets too. She won't have a problem with me sending reports of dates I've been on by spreadsheet because she loves spreadsheets. So that was the blunder. <laughs> That she didn't like spreadsheets. She didn't no, like spreadsheets quite as much as he thought she did. Not. That's, he, that's where he's that's where he's messed up. I think though that he was probably a bit self-deprecating. He probably said, "I'm the kind of character yeah. I actually keep a spread," and he sent it to this woman, and you know, yeah. like that. And then she is. That's a, that's the downfall of internet dating. Is you think you're building a relationship, but it always you yeah, know he un- was connecting and he was not connecting. No, the mm. only fair upshot of this is if she dies alone. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. Yeah. It's a, she I mean, forwarded it onto a friend saying, I can't believe he sent me this, did Also, she? But if he'd got that right, if she was an enthusiast of a spreadsheet and they yeah. went on to have a lovely union, mm. a romantic connection, spreadsheets would have been part of that life. What yeah. I like is he's, he's broken the mould there because he has allowed a, part, a private part of himself to be exposed very early on in the relationship. And we all wear a mask yeah. for the first six months or so, don't we? He's allowed a private part of himself to be exposed early in the relationship. Yes. <laughs> I've had relationships like that. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd call them relationships. <laughs> I'd call them uh, people that were in the same phone box. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, I, there's something. I, also, we all... I, I, I've never internet dated, but I know people who have, and they they, they get through quite a lot of but people. It, quite, it, yeah. But that's the problem, you see, because then it ends up, when I've known people who've done it, they get a sort of consumery attitude to it so mm. you never fully commit you're like oh this one's not quite right take mm. them back do you know uh, what I mean yes. so you never you, you've got a kind of shopping attitude that would explain yeah. the magazine which life partner <laughs> <laughs> which I saw in WH exactly exactly that's how people go for it and that's what this spreadsheet is he's gone off scale with all that hasn't he really I yeah. admire his time management I'll tell you that for nothing exactly no but if you're if you're dating or nearly dating or having email contact with, say, 10 or 12 people. You need a system. You've got to keep notes. You need a system. Yeah. You've got to keep... That's all he's done. He's kept notes. This is the sort of thing that organised people say as if it's the most logical... Well, it's, it's actually saves you a lot of time. I mean, it seems like it takes time because I'm putting it in a spreadsheet, but, you know, it saves you a lot. My mate put his planned holiday in a spreadsheet. So, so he had like different places that they were going. Oh, that's not good. But they just think it's like tidy people, isn't it? It's like tidy people say, "Well, actually, it saves me a lot of time to just tidy up as I go along." And you know, when I when I eat my dinner, I then go and wash up everything yeah. immediately. Yeah, and you go. <laughs> they make it sound so sensible that you can't help but think, "Oh God, no, I'm, I'm like that." When cats away, I know the mice will play, but not in ours. <laughs> I I wash everything up immediately. Uh, when I'm eating my dinner, I've already got the tap running, so it's, so, so it's oh. hot for when I've finished. And I'll rinse the plate. I find if you rinse a plate straight away, hot water, no need for washing up liquid. 
<laughs> Little tip there. Every penny counts. Right. Well, you know, I just can't be bothered with you know rinsing and come on. Yeah. But um, yeah, I... I have a friend who hangs his socks out in pairs. Like when he pairs his socks up whilst they're wet, so that when they're dry, they're already in pairs. That's an excellent idea. I tend Good to get with management. one colour of socks, so you don't have to worry about pairs anymore. No, but I have a cleaner, and she. Well, I'll go to my sock drawer and suddenly there's one sock and its partner isn't there. All oh, the rest are folded awful. together. <laughs> and I know if I wait two or three weeks, the other sock they will turn up. They always turn up. Yeah. But I'd, I'd, I can't cope with the missing sock thing. Keep that sock back until its partner turns up and then put it in the, the drawer. I don't Where's want it in the drawer. Why keep it, though? In her apron? I, <laughs> I have She's found sometimes around with an apron when I lose faith in the other one turning up and I throw the one that's present... It's always then that the other one does turn yeah, up. Yeah, you must... Don't lose oh, faith. I never no. throw them out. Keep I never throw them out. We have a little sort of location for the odd sock. No, I just keep them all... My sock system is terrifying. It really needs a rejig. I've got a massive cardboard box in my wardrobe. You need this bloke with a spreadsheet. Box. And I, I just fling my pants and socks in it, higgledy-piggledy, You need a spreadsheet, unpaired. Alan. You need to get organised. I do need some organisational skills. You mix pants and socks, then? Pants and socks, and there's oh, old that. football socks in there. There's, it's, a, it's chaos. Honestly, one, it's... One of the best um, communications I've heard on radio from a listener was many, many years ago, I think it was on Radio 1, and a woman contacted a show and she said she always is very, very careful to put forks, spoons and knives in separate compartments in the drawer through fear they might squabble after the drawer is closed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it had a hint of mental illness yeah, about it, but, I, but I, I quite liked it. A mate of mine does a lot of um, internet dating and he told me about a thing which made me... You know when you start to squirm and you you can't get out of the fetal position you lock i was so far in he said to me he was talking to this woman and he said uh oh i noticed you've only got one picture on your um, profile this tiny one you can't read she said well i've got some on my facebook um and he said oh what's your name on facebook and uh, he you know started on while they were talking on the phone and he said oh yeah i've got i've got your facebook page and then he saw the photos and he didn't no likey no lighty <laughs> and um, he said, uh, so anyway, what, el- what else is uh, going on? And she knew he'd seen the photos, and he oh. just changed the subject. I oh, mean, oh, God, God it's nightmarish. Oh, Better to say, no, and put the phone down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> than to let it hang It's a minefield, there. it's a minefield. If oh, I had right. a spreadsheet, if I was seeing that many women at one time, as this bloke was, my spreadsheet would be... Uh, uh, an anecdote spreadsheet. You know what I mean? So I'd n- a checklist. So yeah. I'd know, so I wouldn't repeat the same anecdote with the same one. Oh, oh that's clever. So when I got, as soon as I'd finished a date, you know, the, the good night kiss, then I'd be in, with a notebook in the car. So that's... Uh, I told her about the orange chips or yeah, something exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and then tick them off. And then no you overlap. can... And think that one went very well. I might try that one again tomorrow night. Yeah, no, that's sensible. That that is, that is just sensible. There's yeah. nothing to be scorned about that. And, and, co- and the good thing about that is, like, you could build your ideal first date set list. Yes, <laughs> you could. And you could try, You know, you can do a couple of safe ones. Try a bit of new material. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See how it goes. And pretty soon you'd be like the hottest date in town, conversationally. <laughs> Whereas with one person, you know, you think, oh, I'd actually missed... When I told that anecdote, I missed out the bit about... But I can't, you know, I've yeah. done it again now. Yeah. But then if that, uh, 
that set list works really well and on consecutive dates you, you it's still going great then you get married and you need to have an affair to test out your new stuff don't you also i mean if you if you're including topical <laughs> that is one of the challenges of a long-term relationship is the repetition of anecdotes oh, yeah. i mean it is a real loop we're now at a stage where we're arguing about who's told who what Oh really? Yeah. You've merged anecdotes. Mm. Uh, well, I, I said the other day, you know, the, uh, the the bum muscle, the glute, is the largest muscle in the human body. And my wife went, "I told you that." Oh, it's like that. Oh, I told God. you it. Yeah, that's and, not good. And I'm, I'm I'm going back to it fairly frequently. Going, no, no, I did. You need I a new wife. Tell, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she might agree. <laughs> yeah. That one's a bit of a pain in the glute. <laughs> Absolute. Absolute, Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.